0: This is the Bible in year, day 265. Understand your identity. Have you ever felt like a failure or of no use to God or thought that God wouldn't want to answer your prayers? Till I first read Colin Urquhart's book, In Christ Jesus, I'd never realized how significant that little word in is in the New Testament. Understanding that as a Christian you are in Christ Jesus revolutionizes how you see yourself, your self-image your identity, and how you understand your value to God. Write your name on a piece of paper. Take hold of your Bible to represent Christ. Place the paper in the book and close it. You are in Christ. Where the book goes, you go. Where the paper goes, he goes. You're not part of the book, but you are now identified totally with the book. Paul uses this expression In Christ Jesus, over and over again, God has taken hold of you and placed you in Christ. In Christ, you have received every spiritual blessing. All of the blessings, including those that the Old Testament speaks about, are yours in Christ. From Psalm
1: 109. But you, Sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I fade away like an evening shadow. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees give way from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads. Help me, Lord my God. Save me according to your unfailing love. Let them know that it is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. While they curse, may you bless. May those who attack me be put to shame, but may your servant rejoice. May my accusers be clothed with disgrace and wrapped in shame as in a cloak. With my mouth I will greatly extol the Lord. In the great throng of worshippers I will praise Him, for He stands at the right hand of the needy to save their lives from those who would condemn them. The
0: Blessings of God's Love and Healing You will bless, writes David, all of God's blessings flow out of His love for you, out of the goodness of your love. God's love supports you and helps you to stand. Even when others scorn and curse you, he stands at your right hand. God saves our lives. He heals our wounded hearts. David says, my heart is wounded within me. God loves to use people who've been wounded and then healed because no one can minister better than a person who's had the same wound and then been healed by God. Lord, thank you for your wonderful love for me. Heal my wounded heart and help me to bring healing to others. New Testament
1: from Ephesians
0: 1
1: Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession, to the praise of His glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way.
0: The blessings of being in Christ Jesus. Many struggle with a low self image. The New Testament answer to this problem is to know that you are in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Understand that your identity is in Christ. While you may not have every material blessing you want, Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This passage lists many of these blessings. First, grace and peace. Paul starts his greetings with grace and peace. Later, he says, The riches of God's grace have been lavished on us. Grace is love that cares and stoops and rescues. You have peace with God. Second, Chosen, destined and adopted, even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ. Before the foundation of the world, he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children. Third, redeemed, forgiven and free. You are redeemed through his blood. Redeemed was the word used for the buying back of a slave, a captive set free for a price. Your sins are forgiven. Marganita Lasky, a well-known atheist, made an amazing confession on television. She said, What I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. She added rather sadly, I have no one to forgive me. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishment, chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. Fourth, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to live within you. In the ancient world, when a package was dispatched, a seal was placed on it to indicate where it had come from and to whom it belonged. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Fifth, hope for the future. Your inheritance is guaranteed. You have the guarantee of our inheritance, the firstfruits, the pledge and foretaste, the down payment on our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption and our acquiring complete possession of it. You have the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Sixth power and position, his incomparably great power for us who believe is in you. This is not power as the world sees it, which people strive to achieve through possession status or social media following, nor is it power achieved by force or human strength. This power comes from the Holy Spirit. Power belongs to God, but he has come to live within you and given you endless energy, boundless strength. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, God has placed us in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. Seventh, authority and responsibility. In Christ, God has placed everything under you for the sake of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. At her coronation, when the orb, the globe under a cross, was placed in her hand, the Queen was reminded, when you see this orb set under the cross, remember that the whole world is subject to the power and empire of Christ, our Redeemer. God has given you great responsibility. His plans for the universe are now in the hands of the Church, which is Jesus' body on earth. The Church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the Church. Lord, I praise you for every spiritual blessing that you have given me in Christ. May the eyes of my heart be enlightened in order that I may know the hope to which you call me, the riches of your glorious inheritance and your incomparably great power living within me. Old Testament from Isaiah
1: 51-54 to Awake, awake, rise up, Jerusalem, you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath. You who have drained to its dregs the goblet that makes people stagger. Among all the children she bore, there was none to guide her. Among all the children she brought up, there was none to take her by the hand. These double calamities have come upon you. Who can comfort you? Ruin and destruction, famine and sword, who can console you? Your children have fainted, they lie at every street corner, like antelope caught in a net. They are filled with the wrath of the Lord, with the rebuke of your God. Therefore hear this, you afflicted one, made drunk but not with wine. This is what your sovereign Lord says, your God who defends his people. See, I have taken out of your hand the cup that made you stagger. From that cup the goblet of my wrath you will never drink again. I will put it into the hands of your tormentors who said to you, Fall prostrate, that we may walk on you. And you made your back like the ground, like a street to be walked on. Isaiah chapter 52 Awake, awake Zion! Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck, daughter Zion, now a captive. For this is what the Lord says, You were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. For this is what the sovereign Lord says, At first, my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. And now, what do I have here, declares the Lord, for my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock, declares the Lord, and all day long my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. Listen. Your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Depart. Depart. Go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Come out from it and be pure, you who carry the articles of the Lord's house. But you will not leave in haste or go in flight, for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. See, my servant will act wisely they will understand. Isaiah chapter 53 Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him, He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah chapter 54 Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your Maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young, only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I abandon you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. To me, This is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. Says the Lord, has compassion on you. Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with lapis lazuli. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. In righteousness you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flame, and forges a weapon fit for its work, and it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord
0: the blessings of the good news of Jesus. Isaiah writes, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. God's salvation is such good news that it makes even the smelly feet of the messenger seem beautiful. This good news is Isaiah's message in the next chapter. It is the last and greatest of the four servant songs that reveal God's plan of salvation. There are five stanzas, each revealing an unexpected contrast. First, apparent failure and actual success. The cross shatters human expectations. Here, Isaiah foretells Jesus' scourging and death, his ruined face disfigured past recognition. Yet the cross is not the end. The stanza ends in success and triumph with an image of cleansing and forgiveness across the world. He will sprinkle many nations. Second, our view and God's view. Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? Here we see a contrast between God's view and the human view. Isaiah foresees that the people would reject Jesus, even though he came to save them. Third, our sin and his suffering. Jesus loves you so much that he died instead of you. That is the message at the heart of this passage, indeed of the whole Bible. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him, on him. Wow. Fourth, the guilty and the innocent. This stanza tells us of a miscarriage of justice, but one that the innocent Jesus took upon himself voluntarily to bring salvation he died without a thought for his own welfare beaten bloody for the sins of my people it also predicts Jesus' death with extraordinary accuracy foreseeing his silence at his trial that he would die with the guilty and that he would be buried with the rich fifth tragedy and triumph what looked like defeat was in fact a victory which God had in mind all along what makes Jesus' death a triumph first we see his offspring and make many righteous, the millions of transformed lives which are the fruit of his death. Second, he'll see the light of life. Jesus rose again. Lastly, God's exalted him, giving him a portion among the great because of all he did for us. As a result of all that Jesus did for us, we are promised expansion and growth. You need not be afraid because your maker is your husband. His love and compassion will never leave you. No weapon formed against you will prevail. Lord, thank you for the good news of the gospel, that through your suffering I am made righteous. Help me to expect great things from you and attempt great things for you. Pepper adds, Isaiah 54 verse 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. This is a constant challenge for me, not to play it safe, but to keep going for growth.